Hello, and welcome to the City Speak podcast, where we talk about everything relevant to stakeholders at City Hall and municipal government organizations. City Speak podcast has a unique focus on community and directing interests to an exciting career in municipal government. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, John Herrera, a city director and CPA with 30 years experience in the efficient delivery of municipal services to his communities. Here now is John Herrera. Hey guys, how you doing? This is John Herrera. We got to get excited about doing our jobs in municipalities in this time that we're living in. You know, today is um, uh, episode three of City Speak podcast. I'm really excited to be here with you. It's really, um, really hot day here in Southern California. As you know, California is burning up right now. We've got a lot of heat waves and fires and so forth. It's actually nothing to get excited about from that standpoint, but we've got to be excited and doing our jobs, whatever it is. Episode three today is all about facing layoffs, staff vacancies that are left vacant in our departments, and uh, there's a downsizing uh, being mentioned, if you've noticed. So these are times that we've just got to be on our toes. We've got to be excited. We've got to be working. we got to be working smarter, not just harder. So we're in a recession, guys. I'm sorry to say that. You know, I was at a, I was at a uh, virtual conference last week. And when I mentioned that about being in a recession, they said, boy, you're a real Debbie Downer. I said, I'm sorry. I'm a CPA. You know, I'm all about finance and accounting. And that's something that we've got to talk about because everything all of you do involves money and finance. So we're in a recession. Remember in one of our prior City Speak podcasts, I mentioned how you can find out if we're in economic recession. You can go to The Economist and to other government economic reporting and news, and you can get information there. But really, all that information is meaningless because... It's like our president, Harry S. Truman, said some 70 years ago. He said, you know you're in a recession when your neighbor's out of work, but you're in a depression when you're out of work. So that's something that really is a very sobering thought. So regardless, recession is here. We're not going to panic. We're not going to uh, crash and burn. Um, As you know, what happens when you panic? Uh, a lot of bad things, but when you're in control, when you, when we can work together to land this plane, remember Sully Sullenberger, you know, he had hundreds of people on his plane and things looked like, you know, the death was imminent, right? But this guy, he was cool, calm and collected. He relied on all his experience and all his abilities and he landed that plane and not a single soul perished that day there on the Hudson River in New York. So we need to keep it together, especially those of us that have leadership qualities or positions of leadership. We got to step up right now and we've got to get the troops organized together, give them a clear leadership on where we're headed. And that's what we're here to talk about today. And that is that we need a plan. 
we need to be proactive. We've been talking about this. Whether you are whether you are a, a, an employee at a, municipal, a municipality or some municipal organization, a city government, whatever, or whether you're a director, a manager, or an executive, you've got to have a plan. You've got to be proactive. Today, you know, we realize we're in serious situations. Whether your organiza organization already started issuing the pink slips, layoff notices, or putting people on layoffs. I know there's a lot, I talk to a lot of cities. I talk to hundreds of cities every week. Uh, representatives from city and other municipal organizations, and they're all telling me the same thing, that they're implementing furloughs, they're keeping vacant positions vacant, and they're doing a lot of things, being proactive. Uh, times are tough. You know, what happens in this fourth quarter, October, November, December of 2020 is going to dictate, excuse me, what's going to happen in the year 2021. But when serious layoffs start in your department, you can fight it or you can plan for it. And what I would tell all of you, plan for layoffs. There's no way. When we have 50, 60, 70, 80% of our budgets uh, all made up of personnel and personnel costs, people are going to get cut. I'm sorry to say, but you don't have to be uh, just a victim. You can be proactive. Plan for layoffs in your department by looking at your operation and look at it, maybe look at it as a business. I know municipal governments are not a business, but we're definitely not, in, not, 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 not working for a profit, but think about it as a business. And the first question that a business asks in these times is, who is my customer? If you're in city manager's office, who is your customer? Human resources, who is your customer? Finance, who is your customer? Most people think about their customer as being somebody who comes in from the outside. And that is true. Those are your customers. Those are called external customers. But did you know you also have an internal customer? City manager, city manager's office, you have customers. Human resources, who's your customer? It's all the employees. It's all the departments. That's who your customer is. What about finance? It's all the other departments. Uh, what about community development? The same thing. Well, mostly external customers there. And all the departments I can go through at City Hall or municipal government, you all have customers and you need to identify who is your customer. Ask yourself, who is my customer? Among the next questions that a business needs to ask, what are the most important services my customer needs? Notice I said needs, not wants. Keep in mind your customer is also being affected by the economic downturn today. The wants of your customers are not as important as their needs because money's tight. So focus on delivering the needs of your customers. If you have staff time available after meeting your customers' needs, only then can you consider delivering the wants of your customers. In a city organization, the city manager may have a city council that doesn't understand that after the budget is adopted, after resources are allocated, apportioned, appropriated, they cannot be adding pet projects or addressing every concern of constituents or adding new initiatives after the budget is adopted because the city manager, working with all his departments, proposes a budget that plans for the demands and the services, the program of work that uh, they have committed to in the coming fiscal year. So the city manager has the tough job of educating the city council and the budget staff and all the staff from all departments on the constraints 
from adding pet projects to the city council or new initiatives after the new year budget is approved. And to the extent that the city manager can do his or her job with the city council, your department will also have to adapt to the changes that come from the top. But don't do this. Don't complain. Please don't complain. Don't complain to the boss about not having enough staff. That is a losing proposition. Everybody can say that. Every department can say we don't have enough staff. Why not take a more confident and positive approach? Reinvent yourself. Reinvent your department. Re-engineer your department system for delivering customer service to all the stakeholders in your organization. Take the lead with your staff to understand what is required of the team during this economic downturn. You can't let all your staff just put their head in the sand and hope that everything is going to get better. It's not going to happen that way. Everybody's got to be involved in the decision making. And you can do this. This is what I want to say. You can do this. So don't get stressed out about the talk of layoffs or even the actual layoffs, the vacancies and the talk of downsizing or right sizing, as they say. Okay. I'll give you a couple minutes to sit here and boo-hoo, boo-hoo. This is not fair. Nobody can do this. Uh, all the bad things are going to happen. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Are you done? Okay. Now, say this. Shoot, this is serious. I better spend my time being proactive, re-engineering through this crisis, and stop complaining. This is a much better alternative to serve your department and your organization. Sure, especially you directors and managers and those of you in positions and those uh, in positions who, that can easily uh, are mobile enough to move on to another organization. There's definitely demand for you somewhere else. But let me say this, the grass might look greener on the other side, but guess what? You're gonna face the same decision pretty much everywhere you go. Don't think it's any better at that other city or special district or municipality. It's going to be just as difficult. Everybody's going to be facing it. So why not stay with the organization you're with right now? Why not remain loyal to all those employees in your department who may not be as mobile as you are? Also, you have thousands of residents and stakeholders who are counting on you to keep it together during this crisis. You can do this. I'm going to say it again. I know you can do this. Feel the pain. Doesn't it feel great? Come on, you're working out. You're building muscle. You're getting stronger, right? I mean, think of it, think of it like, like a physical workout, right? You have somebody say, come on, you can do this. I remember uh, Galad, this, um, this guy that was a motivator, and we used to exercise in front of the TV. You can do this. I know you can do this. I'm telling you the same thing. Whether you're a finance director or an HR director or a city manager, um, executive assistant, director of community development, director of housing, uh, building official, uh, engineering, engineer, city engineer, public works director, uh, library, what community service, parks and recreation, whatever you're doing, I'm trying to get you excited here and be proactive, okay? You build no muscle if you don't work it, okay? This is the time to work your muscle. We're in a crisis and we're about to get into a more difficult crisis. Now, here's the key. This is the purpose of this entire episode three of City Speak. You need a system. You need a system that allows you to do more with less and still deliver an acceptable level of customer service. I'm going to say it again. You need a system so you can do more with less and you can deliver an acceptable level of customer service. 
you just need to remember three things about this system that I'm going to be talking about. Number one, you need to create it if you don't already have it. Number two, you need to sell it, get buy-in, right? And number three, you need to teach it, which means you need to train all the stakeholders. One more time. The whole purpose of episode three is to remind you and help you on developing a system that allows you to do more with less and to deliver an acceptable level of customer service during this crisis. Create it, sell it, and teach it. Don't tell me it's the way it's always been done around here. I remember my assistant city manager, when I was a controller at City of Gardena about 13 years ago, my assistant city manager, my boss, Chris Hack, really nice lady. By the way, she did hack the budget when it was difficult times back then, but uh, really nice lady, very professional, very smart. She had a little badge that she wore around. This is during 2007, 2008, 2009. You guys remember the Great Recession of 2007, 2009? Well, she had a little badge that she wore, and I learned a lot from her. That badge said, it's the way it's always been done here, but it had a red line over it, and it said, no. Don't tell me that this is the way we've always done it here. She never wanted to hear anybody say those seven words. It's the way we've always done it here. No, it was time for something different. It was time to be proactive. I believe the city manager there in Gardena, his name was uh, Mitch Lansdale. He was the city manager of the year, I think, at that time in 2006. But um, learned a lot working in that organization, city of Gardena, a city with uh, a lot of challenges. But again, because of very proactive city management, a good solid team, uh, we were able to navigate that recession at that time during the time I was there. So let's get started here. Again, remember the system that we're trying to develop in our department is to do more with less and to deliver an acceptable level of customer service. We've got to create it, we've got to sell it, and we've got to teach it. So Let's create it. By creating the system, what I mean is we have to define it. What is the system? A system is a network of procedures and policies which are integrated and designed to carry out an activity or a service to our customers. You need to implement this system. Or if you already have a system, you need to redesign it. You need to do B. P-I, B-P-I, B-P-R, sorry, B-P-R, business process re-engineering. And you've got to do this while you do your regular day job. But remember one thing here. Again, we're on on number two. Uh, Sorry, number one, Uh, system created. We're creating our system. Remember this, customer service is why you're here. That customer, whether it's an internal customer from another department or it's an external customer, a resident or a business or some other stakeholder, They are the reason why you're working there, why we are working there. Identify your customer, know your customer, know their needs, and distinguish those from their wants. Without customers, you don't have a job. Without all of those pain-in-the-butt citizens, the gadfly, whatever you want to call them, you don't have a job. And never forget the organizational chart that's in your budget and it's in the comprehensive annual financial report. Look at the org chart. Who's the boss of your city? It's not the mayor, it's not the city council, and it's not definitely not the city manager. It's not the city attorney. It's not the city clerk. It's not the finance director. It's not any of the directors. The boss 
of your city or your organization is the citizens. It's the constituents. It's a little old lady that comes in and complains about her water bill. It's a little old man that complains about why fees are going up or water rates are going up or whatever it is. They are our customer. And yes, sometimes they are a pain in the butt. Sometimes they don't have all their facts. But this is democracy, right? They get to vote in the mayor and city council and decide who are the leadership. The city council hires only two employees, usually only two employees, city attorney and the city manager. Everybody else is hired by the city manager. So our boss is the city manager, but ultimately his boss, and that's the mayor and council, it's also the citizens. So customer service, the residents, the businesses, the stakeholders, those are our customers. The internal, the other staff from other departments, those are our customers. Know your customer. Without customers, we don't have a job. So here's what you need to do. We're talking about the system. Create it, right? Spend a day or two with your department staff. Talk about your customer, because a lot of your employees, if you have a lot of employees, they don't know who their customer is. They don't even think they have a customer. Talk to them about who the customer is. Another thing you need to do is spend a day inventory your existing system if you already have one. Look at your policies, look at your procedures, look at your forms, your checklists, your diagrams, your flowcharts, everything that we talked about, a network of procedures which are integrated and designed to carry out an activity or service as efficiently as possible. You may say, well, we're there a mess. Well, in most city and municipal organizations, in most city and municipal organizations, they say the same thing. We have a mess. We don't have consistency. We're not using the latest version and so forth. So as you go through this process of looking at your existing system that you use to serve your customer, you need to get together with your staff and you need to re-educate them if you haven't already. I know the constraints, by the way, okay? You can all, I've been in city government and municipal government special districts. I've been in the, in the business for 30 years. I know all those details and we can talk about those. You can call me. Munitemps.com is all my contact information. You can email me, John, J-O-H-N, at Munitemps.com. We can talk about all those details. I'll be happy to do that if you have uh, uh, have the time and the patience to, to discuss it. But for right now, what I'm saying is you've got to put the effort forward. Okay, You can't just make excuses and say, well, you know, I have a, a union shop steward in my department, or I have this, or I have that, constraints, or whatever. No, no, no. Everybody wants the same thing. They want the best. For the, for, for the greater number, okay? And I, I think we can work well with the unions and with the management groups and with the employee groups and the citizen groups and the advisory groups. We've gotta be proactive. So make a list uh, as part of creating your system. Remember, create it, right? Create it, sell it, and teach it. We're on create it. And here, you gotta write down every single service your department delivers to its customers. Just like when you do the fee and charge study, of course, there you only list the specific services that you charge for. But guess what? You're charging for everything. It might not all be fee supported. And remember, in California, by the way, we have only three types of revenues. We have uh, taxes, fees and charges, and assessments. So some kind of revenue is paying for the cost of delivering a service to your customer. Make a list of every single service that your department provides. Now, again, keeping in mind, 
that a system is a network of procedures and policies which are integrated and designed to carry out an activity or service to the customers. Remember that 80% on those items, uh, I'm using finance department as, an, as, a, as a case study for today. Uh, in finance, we easily have 100 or more individual services that we deliver to our customers, both external and internal. 80% of what's on that list is no brainer, it's repetitive. Sorry, I'm not putting down the job because I've done the job myself, but 80% of it is repetitive, okay? It performed out of habit, you don't even think about it. But 20% of those items, of, of that list of 20 or 100 and so items, 20% of those, that is where it requires thinking. And that is where you can really shine. So build your system so that 80% of the service you deliver, they're turnkey. They're just procedures. Bam, 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 bam. You don't have to think about it. Everybody knows how it's delivered. And you have a, you have a, a form, a policy, a procedure. You have a process that's turnkey for every one of those. But the 20%, that's where you really shine. That's where you really have to think and use your knowledge and your ability. That's where expertise comes in. So what I'm saying is, under create your system, systematize the 80% or more of what you and your department staff do in delivering services to your customers. Also, by having a system for everything you do in your department, you don't have to worry if you ever have staff turnover. You just bring in the new person, you say, here's our procedures, here's our policies, here's our forms, here's everything, our systems of how we do it. And you can, your training time to train somebody, a replacement for uh, when you lose an employee is, is much, much faster. You don't have to worry about what the other person did and left with that experience. You want a systems dependent uh, department, right? Uh, not a people dependent one. People come and go. This is a fact of life. But the system is what we leave behind to continue the good customer service of the department as a going concern. After all, the department, which is part of the organization, must be a going concern. Otherwise, it means you're going to go bankrupt. We don't want that, right? Everybody benefits by having a good system in place for everything you do in your department. And here's a very important point. As you look, as you inventory all of the, all of the individual services you deliver to your customers, and you look at how right? How you do that. Remember, a system allows you to, let me remind you people here, a system allows you to, to say who, what, when, where, why, and how you deliver every single customer service item that you provide, right? So when you have this system, then you need to eliminate any procedures, any process that does not add value to your customer service or in compliance with governmental regulations or accounting standards or other professional standards that have to be upheld. So you need to be a ninja and eliminate everything that you do because we've always done it that way. Keep in mind, those people who have jobs because they like to hold on to doing that work. Uh, there's people in, in, in public works, in, in police and fire, in community development, and they claim that their job is accounts payable. And I will argue that, as I've said many times in other city speak uh, blogs, it's not their job. Accounts payable belongs in the finance department, not in the other departments, but some people like to uh, justify their jobs by saying, oh, no, I do accounts payable. I will tell you otherwise. And when it's not my saying, just watch what happens when there's layoffs 
and they start making cuts. They're going to start transferring. The city manager and other department directors are going to go and say, hey, we're, we don't have any staff to do accounts payable anymore. That means finance has to do it. Well, finance always had to do it. But other departments like to get busy with certain activities that's not their job and they they're accumulate work rather than focusing on what their customers' needs are and maybe even have time for their wants. But I'm just pointing out to you that you have to create your system and you have to eliminate any specific task or activity that does not add value. Another thing that's very important, and I'd like to say, just like how easy, you know, a non-video expert like me could put this little City Speak production on, you all can do the same. You should be creating videos and podcasts of everything you do in your department. This is a how-to procedures video or policies that all the departments in the municipality can do. They're informational videos and podcasts that will answer the questions of all your customers. This will save you time and allow you to do more time spent on improving the level of customer service. There's a lot of cities and other municipalities already doing that. There's finance directors that are, um, that, that are speaking for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes without taking away anything away from the council, the mayor or the city manager. This is finance directors just talking about the budget, just talking about the projects that are going on and how they go about. Remember, we talked about the who, what, when, where, why, and how it's being done right now. So I encourage all of you to look at how easy it is to create an informational video. Anybody in any department can do that. Of course, you need to get the approval of the city manager and he'll, he or she will probably involve you with a public information officer. Uh, but if you have in political integrity, neutrality and professional, I'm sure your city manager will allow you to create these videos and you put them online. And when departments have a question is, how do I do a purchase order? How do I do a requisition? How do I prepare a staff report? What do I put in the fiscal impact of my staff report? Whatever it is, record yourself doing it, just like I'm doing it right here and put it online or put it on your intranet or your, 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 your network uh, and then educate people that way. That's a way to take time away from uh, giving it to, to the department director that comes in, drops in, just hangs in your office for 15, 20 minutes talking about this or that regarding the budget and CAF or whatever, right? Not that we don't love, I love talking to the police chief and the fire chief and all the directors, but when I'm down 25% in my staff, I don't have time to do that. I'll say, you know what, man, uh, go look at the budget. Uh, go, go look at the budget on the, on the video. I have a I have a video on this or I have a podcast on that. Uh, listen to my podcast when you're out jogging or working out. Look at my video. Uh, hopefully not when you're driving, but when you're sitting down for a sandwich or whatever, or your coffee break or a donut break. Sorry, police chief. I didn't mean to say that. So, again, remember, this is all about creating a system to deal with the economic downturn that we're facing today. Create it, sell it, and teach it. We've talked about how to create it in a very summary fashion. Uh, let's talk about how to sell it and why you have to sell it. You need to get buy-in from your city manager, whoever your boss is, the governing body, and other stakeholders. You need to write out your COVID-19 recession reorganization plan or call it whatever you want. Come up with a catchy name, but be proactive and create a plan for your city manager or your other superior who will have to approve this new standard of service, this new system that you're planning on creating. Again, remember, 
about this recession-based plan. Create it, sell it, and teach it. You need to sell it. You need to champion it. Make sure that you have the support of your department staff too because they can undermine what you're trying to do. So you got to bring them on board. In the end, it's your decision. Don't forget you're the leader, okay? Not the accountant and not the secretary. You're the leader, okay, of your department. But so, 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 but, but you got to bring your staff on board. You have to let them know what's going on. Communicate with candid and frank discussions of what's, what's happening right now and what could happen. Engage your staff. Be transparent, obviously. So make sure you have the support of your department staff so you can have everybody give their input and everybody has good ideas. I've learned some great things from my accounts payable uh, person, whoever that was. So present your plan first to the city manager. Then if he or she approves it, you go to the department head group and then you go even to the city council and other stakeholders as needed. The city manager will tell you uh, what needs to be done there if you're in a city government. Here's another thing. Use whatever ERP or database software that you're already using. ERP stands for Enterprise Resource Planning uh, System, uh, ERP, ERP database. Use the one you're using, okay? Don't say, well, I, I need a new, uh, a new ERP software. By the way, most of them are costing, a small organization can invest 200,000, if you do it right, 200,000 to millions of dollars to implement a new ERP. But I'm gonna tell you right now, this is not the time. 2020, COVID-19, no. This is not the time to ask for new software. You don't have two years to implement it either. So the recession's here. You need to redesign your system and use whatever software and ERP system that you're already using, no matter how antiquated, no matter how many bells and whistles it's lacking. Let me give you an example. Uh, you'll notice that I'm a trumpet player. Uh, yeah, I'm a mariachi uh, trumpet player. Let me say this. I'm intermediate level player, definitely not advanced. But I'll tell you this, my trumpet that I bought 10 years ago cost me $700. It's a Bach. If I went out and bought a Monet, a Monet trumpet, a Monet trumpet, uh, $20,000. By the way, I don't even have that money to, to, to buy that. But if I did, and I went out to buy a, a, a Monet uh, trumpet for $20,000, instead of using my $700 trumpet, you know something? I'm not going to sound any better with that $20,000 Monet trumpet. And it's the same thing with your ERP or database software. You are not going to do any better work. It will not make you perform better. There might be a couple little bells and whistles, but it's not worth the investment. Definitely not in the year 2020. So it is the person that's playing the trumpet that makes the pretty music, not the trumpet. And it's the same thing with the ERP and the software database you're using. It's the person that's managing it. It's how you're using it that matters. Unless your ERP or database application is full of garbage, and I would ask the question, how did that happen, by the way? But if it's full of garbage, it doesn't work, it's broken, you can use your existing ERP system. You can fix it. A new ERP system will not on its own provide better customer service or records or reporting or do anything better. And remember, it's not the system that's the problem, it's what you put in. Remember GIGO, G-I-G-O, stands for garbage in, garbage out. So you need to clean up that database as best you can, even if you have to purge all the old records and start over again, 
It's a strategic decision. It's a management decision. You need to make that decision with your staff and then go to your city manager or your whoever your general manager or your, your, whoever the executive is that you report to in your municipality and your organization. The goal is to use whatever ERP and database application you have and automate and systematize. Now, here's a point. Get rid of all the Excel spreadsheets and the Word documents that employees are using as databases if you can integrate all that data into the ERP system. Okay. Now, I'll continue to use finance as, a, as an example here. Um, the reason why I say I hate Word and Excel as database uh, applications is because that's not what they're designed for. Okay, remember that. These are designed for just manipulating numbers and data and presenting text, okay? And Excel and Word has user mistakes, user error. And the ERP does not make adding mistakes. They do not make math mistakes. And they, the, the, the files, the records, the data that you put into an ERP system cannot be easily deleted. There's a lot of, there's user-defined fields, there's levels of security that even the lowest level uh, software applications out there uh, can provide so that once you put data into the ERP or the accounting system or the financial software, whatever the software that you're using, it has some security. And even the lowest level, even the what you say is the least sophisticated type of uh, checks and balances that it has, it's way better than an Excel or a Word or even a Microsoft Access database that's maintained out there. So Excel and Word is not data management. Now, remember, even after you get everybody's approval and support on this new system, you will find that only you will be the champion of the system. That's why I said, remember, create it, sell it, teach it. We're under sell it. Okay. People will forget of your great grandiose plan and they'll forget that they agreed to this new system okay so you need to be the champion you need to continue to remind at every weekly department head staff meeting why we're going in a certain direction you will have to be the champion only you wherever that you are you will have to champion uh, this new system uh, as I said, people for, forget. Remind them, remind them, and then again, remind them again. People forget. Change management is the most important skill that you all have to have to be able to take your system or creating this new system. Because again, it's the way we've always been doing it here. Remember Chris Hack, my assistant city manager? It's the way it's always been done here. Nope, that's over. And your city manager will agree with you, I believe, if he or she are are understanding the crisis that we're in and how bad things can get. But change management is not easy. But you can do it. You can champion it. You got to believe in it. Remember, we talked about getting excited about what you do. And this is exciting time. You might say, oh, man, that was depressing. No, it's not. It's exciting. Really? Come on. Let's get with it, man. Let's get with it. Come on. Right? It's cool. We can overcome this. We will get there is light at the end of the tunnel. It ain't a train. It's not a train. Okay, believe me on that. This is 30 years of experience talking here, okay? I know what I'm talking about. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear is bad, okay? Fear is bad. Love, man, love it. Love, feel the pain. You can do this. You can do this. Work it. 
one more. Give me one more rep, right? Get fired up. I'm 57 years old. I'm still getting excited. Okay. I've been pretty much the same way my, my entire career. Uh, but I believe in municipal government. I believe that we have to be passionate about city government. And if we're not, we don't belong there. As they say, lead, follow, or get out of the way. Okay, let somebody else take over. The change management. It takes a champion with leadership and determination to bring about change. But like I said, you can do this. Your customers, your staff, and all the stakeholders, they're counting on you. The thousands and thousands of residents, businesses, and stakeholders, they're all counting on you. You can do this. Create it. Sell it. What comes number three? Number three is teach it. You need to train your staff and your departments on the SOPs, the standard operating procedures, the policies, and make your promise that with these new procedures and your new system, that you will maintain an acceptable level of customer service, which you are going to negotiate and enter into a contract with all of your customers, all your stakeholders, right? The residents, the businesses, the staff, the other departments, your boss, the city council, everybody involved. Hey, just be transparent and accountable. Let them know this is the system. This is what I am going to commit. My butt's on the hot seat on this one. But you know what? I promise to deliver this level of customer service in every one of the hundred, talking about finance here, every one of these hundred um, specific services that we deliver to our customers, both internal and external. Departments are already trying to get around your procedures, right? How many times does police and fire go out and buy stuff or even public works and other departments? They go out and they buy stuff. And then when you get the invoice from the vendor, you call the police chief and you say, hey, chief, $20,000 for this equipment? Really? Where's the purchase order? Anything over $5,000 requires a purchase order or $1,000, whatever your current threshold or policy is. And the police, says, the police chief says, oh, I'll get that purchase order over to you right away. Don't worry about it. He hangs up on you. He thinks he did his job. Now you pick up the phone again. He said, no, police chief, uh, Mr. Police chief, you were supposed to do this before because that way we can verify the account number. We can verify that that vendor is on our approved vendor list, that we have their W-9 with their taxpayer identification number. We can identify who the legal entity is. I have requirements, Chief. We also have to verify what the purchasing policies are. And you have to comply with all these things. That has to happen before. I don't need a purchase order now. Don't waste your time, police chief. Okay, it's hard to slap the police chief's hand. But um, say, you know what? Don't worry about it. At this point, you go back to the city manager and say, I'm going to pay this invoice $20,000. Yes, I don't have the, the requirements. And you know that when you get audited, you're going to get dinged on it, right? And ultimately, it's your fault because you didn't train them on the procedures. So you need to be training on them, even whether or not you trained them in the past, okay? Remember, with videos and podcasts, you can do a lot of this training. Now you're in the COVID-19 recession plan, right? This is a new time now. You're redesigning your system if you already had a system, right? And now you're going to train, you're going to train, you're going to train. You're going to use videos and podcasts and other opportunities so that all these departments that we're always looking to get around, right, you're, they're now going to be trained, okay? And I think departments, the police chief included, uh, by the way, police chief didn't do it. It was one of his sergeants or somebody else. But um, all the departments, they want to follow procedures, but you got to make it easy for them. If you don't make it easy for them, they're going to get around it, okay? Uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry. It's and then you're you as a finance director or whatever the department you're in. I'm just talking about finance directors right now. It's going to be you on the hot seat. But with this new system, again, you created, you sold it, and now you're teaching it. 
with this new system, this is an opportunity for you to reacquaint yourself with your customers. You and all your staff, your team, right, can now reacquaint themselves with who the customer is, right? So remember, all the other departments in your organization may also be your departments, okay? You've got to train them. Identify your customer. Remember, we talked about internal customers and external customers. Be proactive. Create a system that will allow you to provide an acceptable level of customer service. If you're only given this many resources, right, and you're asked to provide this level of service, but well, we have a gap there, and you're not going to be able to provide an acceptable level of service. You, you can't be working 60, 70 hours a week, and you can't ask that of your staff either. So what you've got to do is you've got to go back to the city managers. I talked about it, right? Create the system, <clears throat> sell it, right, and then teach it. So establish an acceptable level of customer service. Sell your system to your boss, your customers, all the stakeholders. Teach your system to all the stakeholders to survive and thrive during this COVID-19 recession. I know you can do this. Using finance as an example, just in conclusion here, using finance as an example, finance has 10 functional areas that all feed into this ERP or this accounting, this financial system, right? The accounting system, right? They have fixed assets, they have projects, they have accounts payable, accounts receivable, payroll, cash receipts, business license, purchase orders and budget and inventory. All these 10 functional areas, right? They have responsibilities on services. Some of their services are to provide a business license to keep track of all the inventory, to record cash when it comes in, to pay employees and process payroll and pay all the taxes, to uh, collect on the miscellaneous receivables or utility billing if they have utility billing, water, sewer, trash, collection. They have to bill, they have to collect. They have accounts payable so they can pay their vendors. Uh, there's purchase orders, they have to maintain those requirements for the purchasing policies. The budget they must maintain, that's an overlay to ensure that, that people only spend what they're allowed out of every account and out of every department and out of every fund. So <clears throat> the finance department, using that as a case study of how they create the system, they sell it, and then they teach it, they need to establish how long does it take to get a check. If you're used to getting a check every week, maybe they do it once every two weeks. Uh, if they get a check out in two or three days from the time the invoice comes in, maybe they need two weeks. Whatever it is, it's an acceptable level of service. Um, and the same thing with payroll. How, how far in advance do they need to be able to have a system for processing payroll? If people are always turning in their timesheets the day that payroll is going to be processed, sorry, that's not going to happen. And frankly, if you're tough and you have, uh, again, you don't want to have the entire system destroyed for one or two or three employees that are always consistently late in turning in their timesheets or vendors that want their invoice paid in two days uh, or um, anybody that needs a purchase order, I need it now. No, no, we have a system on how we work. And the finance department then has this system on how they can meet an acceptable level of service with tracking inventory, with financial reporting, with the payroll, accounts receivable, accounts payable, project, CIP accounting, fixed assets, budget, purchase order, business licensing. And that's where the finance director in this example needs to enter into a contract, a social contract, a uh, organizational contract with all their customers and all their stakeholders. And hopefully this has been an, a good opportunity for you to kind of get an, a, a, good, a good idea of what I mean by having a system as we face layoffs, vacancies, downsizing, 
create or redesign the system that you have. Create it, sell it, and teach it. And I believe that if you've got the good communication skills and you're proactive, you're transparent, and if you don't have fear, you can get together with your staff and create a good system that'll get buy-in from all the stakeholders. And then you can teach them by training them on how the system works. And you'll be able to navigate through this crisis, this economic recession that we don't know how long it's going to last. It may be years before the economy recovers. You may be losing a lot of staff, but by retooling and rebooting and refreshing this system and how we work, I know that we can end up with a regular work schedule, maybe a few more hours. We have to work a little harder, but more than that, we have to work smarter. Redesign, the word reinvent, revolutionize how we work. And the city manager ultimately wants to see us helping him or her with solutions. That's what we're about, providing solutions to the needs of our communities, whether that's the residential, the business, or other stakeholders of the community. So this presentation obviously could not cover every single detailed step in creating, selling, and teaching your new system during this COVID crisis. You could bring a consultant on board. I'm not going to tell you which one. Uh, you can bring a consultant on board to help you, or you can call me. Uh, go to the munitemps.com website. <clears throat> That's uh, CitySpeak is actually put on by munitemps.com. You could email me, john, J-O-H-N, at munitemps.com. And I'd be glad to give you more details about this system I've implemented during my career. I worked during three recessions, so I could share some very good uh, and additional details about the systems that I've implemented uh, to help the most efficient delivery of government services to the municipalities I work with. So with that, this is John Herrera, City Speak Podcast. Do good work. Do smart work. And let's work together and succeed during this COVID crisis and see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening in. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you for listening to the City Speak podcast. Tune in next time where we will talk again about everything relevant to stakeholders at City Hall and municipal government organizations.